0: Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to jumbocasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.
1: This episode is powered by Poddex.
0: Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand.
1: D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown. I am your host, Larry Lise. Today, we're diving into the latest news surrounding Dallas Cowboys. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Game Time. If you're looking for a place to buy tickets to the Cowboys, the Texas Rangers, or any major sporting event or concert, you want to get check out Game Time. Their the great value they offer to their great customer service, check out Game Time today. We have a link to the Game Time in our description. You purchase through them and you can support the show by buying your tickets on Game Time with our link. And now let's get on to today's first topic. The five toughest wide receivers that Trayvon Diggs will have to face in 2022. The NFL recently released the entirety of the 2022 regular season schedule, and Cowboys have some pretty interesting matchups throughout Week 1 through 17. For instance, they pulled the New York Giants on Thanksgiving Day, the Packers in November coming off a bye, and the Eagles on Christmas Eve. While these are some games to look forward to as fans, how about we look at some games that star cornerback Trayvon Diggs has circled on his calendar? Previous games mentioned could be tough. With the three don't have an established air attack, while the other don't necessarily know who their number one receiver is. Diggs will more than likely shadow new Eagle receiver A.J. Brown, who I would consider a top 10 receiver. Jalen Hurts has yet to show much in the passing game. Regarding the rest of the schedule, the star corner will have some difficult receivers to face, with stars in Cincinnati, Minnesota, Los Angeles, among others. Diggs will be put to the test by some of the league's top pass catchers. Starting off at number five, we have Washington commander Terry McLaurin. Diggs will line up up against him twice this season, in week four and week 18. Scary Terry has consistently been one of the best receivers in the NFC East. However, he did struggle against the Cowboys last season. In week 14 last year, the Washington Star was held without a catch on four targets by Diggs. In week 16, he recorded three catches for 40 yards and six targets. But when he lined up against Diggs, the receiver managed just one catch for 15 yards. The Cowboys quarterback has also came away with an interception early in the game. Despite the star cornerback's success against one of the NFC's best receivers, he is still a tough draw, especially when given a slightly better quarterback in Carson Wentz. The only reason the Ohio State product isn't higher on this list is that depending on how the playoff picture stacks up, Diggs or McLaren could be set in the regular season finale to avoid injury. And number four is an opening day matchup with Mike Evans. Coming in at number four is Tampa Bay Buccaneers receiver Mike Evans. Evans will face off against the Cowboys star in week one, and Diggs will look to repeat his success against the Bucks pass catcher. Last season, Diggs held Evans to just 15 yards on two catches, while also recording an interception. He's expected to primarily shadow the star receiver in their matchup, and the task could be a little tougher this season, with more targets likely to be on the way for Evans. The Bucks have lost some pass catchers over the offseason, including wide receiver Antonio Brown and tight end Rob Gronkowski. Which, honestly, I believe Gronk will return. I mean, you can't leave Brady alone. They did add tight end Kate Otten in the draft and wide receiver Russell Gage and free agency, but only the latter will be considered a legit contributor in year one for now. With how the receiver room has changed over the offseason, Evans should be expecting even more targets this upcoming season. This may be true, especially in week one, due to receiver Chris Godwin likely not being available. Expect Diggs versus Evans to be a hot topic leading up to the season, as the ball may be coming their way often. And number three, we have Super Bowl winner Cooper Cup at Week Five against the LA Rams. The third player on this list is arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Cooper Cup had one of the best seasons a wide receiver has ever had last season, logging a stunning 145 receptions for over 1,900 yards and 16 touchdowns. Cup won Offensive Player of the Year and finished third in the MVP race. The main reason I have Cup at third and not first on the list is because there is uncertainty to how much of Cup versus Diggs we will see. This is mostly due to the superstar spending a lot of time in the slot instead of the outside where Diggs primarily resides. Last season, Cup played 64% of his snaps in the slot while lining up outside for just 34%. Regardless of who is the best receiver on the field, Diggs generally shadows the opposing team's best receiver outside the hashes, which may be Allen Robinson in the showdown. Since that is up in the air, Cup will still take the number three spot for the Rams because he will be expected to line up against the Cowboys star for at least a third of the game. And number two is a sophomore game changer, Jamar Chase. It's going to be a wild matchup. Coming in at number two is the week two matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Jamar Chase, Chase burst onto the scene last season with three 100-plus-yard performances in his first seven games, including a 201-yard showing against the Baltimore Ravens in Week 7. He also logged 25 catches for 368 yards in the playoffs en route to a Super Bowl performance. Chase had a historic season for a rookie pass catcher, and he's around to stay. This will be one of Diggs' toughest draws, and he will be seeing the 2022 Offensive Rookie of the Year and a lot in their matchup. As opposed to Cup, last season, Chase played 82% of his snaps on the outside. Diggs spends 84% of his snaps covering the outside receiver. So this matchup will be extremely pivotal for how the game plays out. Coming off of the seasons where each player seemed to get better as the season progressed, they can pick up where they left off. This will be one football fans won't want to miss. And finally, at number one, we have a midseason matchup with Justin Jefferson at week 11 the Minnesota Vikings. Trayvon Diggs' top matchup this season will be against the Minnesota Vikings superstar receiver Justin Jefferson. Diggs and Jefferson faced off in Week 8 last season in a nail-biter, in which the Cowboys prevailed without quarterback Dak Prescott. Jefferson has been one of the NFL's best receivers since entering the league in 2020, putting up back-to-back 1,400-plus yard and seven-plus touchdown seasons. The duo of Jefferson and the line is one of the best tandems in the NFL. Diggs will be tasked with stopping both, but he will be expected to shadow Jefferson primarily. In their last matchup, the Alabama product got the best of Jefferson, holding him to just three yards on one reception. As a matter of fact, the Cowboys' cornerback struggled with Thielen more in the game, allowing the veteran to score a touchdown. Despite Diggs' success last season against Jefferson, this game will likely be his most difficult task. Maintaining Jefferson on his own is tough, especially on the road. Expect there to be a lot of hype leading up to this matchup seeing as two of the league's rising stars meet for a rematch in Minneapolis. Leave your thoughts in the comments section below on this topic. Um, What matchup do you think Trayvon Diggs will struggle the most in? What do you think his easiest matchup will be? Let us know. And before we move on, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And don't forget to... Check us out on Good Pods. And if you want to support the show, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash the big D. And now on to our second topic. Dak Prescott has full confidence in his Dallas Cowboys team for heading into the season. The Cowboys are always going to be looked at under a tight microscope. They are America's team. and Despite years of trying to make it back to the Super Bowl, they haven't brought a home, a Lombardi trophy in over 26 years. Fans and analysts try and point fingers each season at what went wrong. Whether that be the front office decisions. Yeah, looking at you, Jerry Jones. For certain players, not living up to their standards. Um, Can we say Ezekiel Elliott? Most recently, quarterback Dak Prescott and running back Ezekiel Elliott have been the brunt of a lot of criticism. Both players are currently under massive contracts. Elliott. <clears> hmm. <throat> not worth his money and haven't been performing as well as they used to. Elliott has not made a pro bowl since 2019 and has been dealing with both known and unknown injuries for some time. The quarterback was accused of a slump throughout the latter part of the season. And even though he broke Tony Romo's single season franchise touchdown record, many believe he doesn't have what it takes to be the face of this franchise. Despite it all, Prescott continues to do what he can to lead this team both on and off the field. He remains confident in himself and his players and is ready to prove naysayers wrong. Elliott is entering a make-or-break season in Dallas. After this season, Elliott's $90 million extension from 2019 has an out. In other words, the Cowboys will lose far less money on their star running back by cutting him after the 2022 season than they would if they wanted to cut him today. However, Prescott doesn't seem to think that will be necessary at all. A recent quote from the quarterback makes it seem like the former first rounder's seventh year could be a big turnaround. He said, quote, nothing ever changes for my expectations of Zeke, of who he is, how he leads his team, how he approaches the game. I expect his best. When Zeke is healthy, I don't think there's a better back. Prescott has a point. When Elliott is healthy, he's a top running back in the league. Problem is he hasn't been that in a while. Hopefully both the quarterback and his running back can stay healthy this season do more damage on offense but the star running back isn't the only person the cowboys quarterback is defending more analysts have given the cowboys lower failing grades for their offseason moves most fans believe the team has lost more talent than it has gained since february but prescott doesn't buy into that mindset even though guys like dalton schultz submitted they feel the team has lost some players the quarterback isn't showing any fear it's nice to have a glowing review from the team's leader Let's hope that 28 was right, but we shall see. In our next topic, the top five position battles hitting in OTA's training camp. It's officially time to start thinking about 2022 for the Dallas Cowboys. The bulk of free agency is behind us. The 2022 NFL draft is behind us. Undrafted free agents have been signed. Now the former players and new Cowboys will battle it out in OTAs and training camp to see who earns starting in-depth spots. With several holes to fill after the 2021 season, there will definitely be a lot of position battles. While some veterans should feel very secure in their spots, others definitely run the risk of losing their spot to a rookie or an undrafted free agent. Plus, the undrafted free agents will battle it out to see who can earn a spot on the 53-man roster or the practice squad. With all that being said, Let's take a look at which positions to keep an eye on during OTAs and camp. Starting at number five, battle at center. You wouldn't think that this would be a position that could see a change to begin the season, but the comments from Steven Jones leading up to the 2022 NFL draft put Matt Farniak's name out there as competition to Tyler Bieds going into camp. We know at the end of the season that we saw better play out of Tyler than how his season began but it seems like the damage was done in the minds of upper management. The Cowboys even went so far as to to take time to look at centers in the draft and unsigned, er, sorry, signed, undrafted free agent Alec Lindstrom out of Boston College. This was seen as a good pick coming around the league who thought Lindstrom had the ability to be drafted in the later rounds. By adding Lindstrom, Dallas now has three players who have the ability to play center. Tyler has the experience after starting the past two seasons. Varniak has a season under his belt, but we'll have to show blocking improvement in order to beat out Tyler. And Lindstrom is the wild card who could surprise all of us and win the job on week one. And before we move on, give us your thoughts in the comments section below. Who do you think will win these battles? But now on to number four, linebacker opposite Micah Parsons. Leighton Vanderish versus Jabril Cox. There was so much potential shown from Leighton Vanderish after his first season in the league, but after a few disappointing seasons and nagging injuries, the Cowboys made the move to find themselves linebackers that would be the future for them. They took Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox. And Cox started to take snaps from Vanderish until he went down with a knee injury that sidelined him midseason. Now both are back and ready to play, and with Vanderish on a one year deal, He's going to be hard-pressed to beat out Cox. Both have the ability to play well next to Parsons, but we have to assume that Vaynerish will have the leg up on Cox, thanks to his experience. However, Cox is the more athletic of the two, and that works in his favor. So what this will come down to ultimately is their health, and if the Cowboys coaches want the speed or experience playing next to Parsons. And number three is all about filling the hole left by Randy Gregory. Number three, the right defensive end, Dorrance Armstrong versus Dante Fowler Jr. versus Sam Williams. This might be the battle that most of us will be focusing on, and for good reason. Dallas lost a very good pass rusher in Randy Gregory, and they've done a lot of work on finding someone to replace him quickly. Dorian's on the team since being drafted in 2018, so the Cowboys know what they're getting from him. He also showed a lot of improvement last season with which led to a new contract with the team. Dante Fowler Jr. has a history with defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, going back to college and during his time with the Atlanta Falcons. Then you have second-round pick Sam Williams, who has personally worked out by Quinn, someone who Quinn fought for the Cowboys to take. All three have a different set of pass rush scales. Armstrong has been seen as a backup, but there are signs that he's taking the next step and is worthy of taking over the starting position. Fowler Jr. has the most experience in the league and his time with Quinn overall can't be overlooked. Williams looks and plays like a freak of nature and is someone who some believes wasn't, wasn't allowed to show his full potential in college thanks to the scheme he was in and how they used them. This one is a real toss-up and one that we all need to keep a very close eye on. Number two. Who's taking the number two cornerback? Starting cornerback opposite Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Brown versus Calvin Joseph versus Nation Wright. Anthony Brown did a good job playing the outside last season with Trayvon Diggs, but he's more of a slot cornerback. And it would be great if the Cowboys were able to move him back to his natural position. This then, one the Cowboys to move either Calvin Joseph or Wright into the spot opposite Diggs. Both showed a lot of promise last season, but Joseph was nagged by a groin injury that kept him out most of the season. And Wright just couldn't beat out Brown at the time. Now with both having a season under their belts, this is going to be a good competition between the two, and one that could help solidify the Dallas secondary. We still have to see if anything will happen with Joseph regarding his off-the-field situation, but until then, we should see them battling all over camp. The only way that Brown should keep his spot on the outside is if neither of the cornerbacks are able to show improvement, which would leave the Cowboys with no other option to, than to get Brown that spot again. And now let's take a look at the Cowboys' $22.5 million cap space and what they can do with it. So they got two choices, you go shopping now or save it for a rainy day. The Cowboys gained an extra $10 million in cap- seller cap space on Wednesday when they released Lael Collins. That brings them to $22.5 million in available cap space for this year, an almost unimaginably large sum for the Cowboys, who many observers and one front office executive continue to insist are not in cap hell. The Cowboys won in the offseason about $23.5 million over the cap, the third worst value in the NFL. Just 12 weeks later, the Cowboys are sitting pretty with $22.5 million in available cap space, the fourth highest value in the league. That's a swing of $46 Still buying what Cap Truth or Stephen Jones is selling you? The final cap figure will change slightly for technical reasons over the next month. Rule 51, Rookie Pool, etc., etc. But the Cowboys find themselves suddenly flush with cash. So what, if anything, should they do with all that cap space? These are five options that I think the Cowboys should consider. Number one, sign Dalton Schultz to a long-term contract extension. The Cowboys have until mid-July to sign Schultz to a long-term deal. Otherwise, he will play the 2022 NFL season under the franchise tag, which currently runs at $10.8 million. With a continuously rising salary cap, it always makes sense to re-sign players early, as their price will inevitably increase a year later. If you want to re-sign a guy, Waiting an extra year to do so is pretty much the dumbest thing you can do from a cap perspective. But the Cowboys have yet to read, read the memo about this. They whiffed badly on Prescott's contract extension, and they did the same thing again with Schultz. Because between the time they could have re-signed him and the time they will re-sign him, fellow tight end David Njoku signed a four-year contract extension in Cleveland worth $56.8 million. Consider that the new floor for any negotiation with Schultz's agents. Number two, sign a big name free agent, or any other free agent for that matter. Frankly, the time to sign free agents is long gone, unless you're willing to pick up the scraps left over after a free agency party in March. But maybe there's a journeyman nobody has ever heard of that can be had on the cheap, cowboy style. There's also a couple of big name free agents left. Such a signing would be a guaranteed crowd-pleaser for that part of the Cowboys fan base that has been clamoring for a big-name addition to the team for years. Regardless of whether such a move would make any sense, in any case, the players left on the market now are not going to be particularly expensive. So if the Cowboys had been interested in any of the remaining free agents, they'd have likely already signed one of them. Next up, trade for wide receiver Keel Harry. The Patriots declined Harry's fifth-year option. They traded for wide receiver Devontae Parker from Miami, and Harry himself had previously requested a trade. Harry would count $1.9 million against the cap for the Cowboys, and in Dallas, he could be a stopgap until Gallup is healthy again and might conceivably show some upside beyond that. Next up, go shopping at the trade deadline. Depending on how the season goes, the Cowboys could be looking for a late addition to bolster their postseason chances. Such a move would not be without precedent in Dallas. The Cowboys traded for receiver Roy Williams in October 2008, a move that backfired spectacularly, but shouldn't rule out all future trades in principle. The last big move the Cowboys made close to the deadline was the Amari Cooper trade in late October 2018. The issue here will likely be the high price in terms of draft picks for a quality pick, not so much the cap impact. And then you also have the simple option of rolling over the money in the next season. Last year, teams averaged around $4 million in rollover cap space. The Cowboys carried over exactly $3 million, $3.9 million. But that number could likely be a lot bigger next year. Rolling over the money in the next season would allow the Cowboys to be more active in free agency. More active than they've been in the past, though. Their reluctance to spend big in free agency doesn't have much to do with the cap in the first place. For once, though, they can try and get ahead of the curve and re-sign two of their draft picks to early extensions. 2020 draftees become eligible to sign extensions after the 2022 season ends, and the Cowboys have both C.D. Lamb and Trayvon Diggs that qualify for an early extension. The Cowboys can also invest in Eagles and Packers logos that they give place in their urinals at AT&T Stadium. But unfortunately, they can't use a cap space for this and other similarly brilliant ideas. Now, I leave it up to you. What the Cowboys do with all their cap space? Let us know in the comments below. And let us know in the comments section below if there's any topics we missed, any stories we should have covered. And as always, um, you can support the show. Buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash the big D. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Leeves. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, the Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram. Just search the Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.